0: Three, two, one. Yo, we're live. So, folks, um, listening to this, we have, I have two very special guests with me. Uh, Jason and Peter, do you mind introducing yourselves?
1: Yeah, uh, hi. Uh, I'm Jason Creighton. Uh, so I'm one of the co-creators of Factions Battlegrounds, uh, which is uh, a game that I made with my best friend, Pete. Uh, and so I am the, like, the creative director, so I handle all of like, the design elements and, and the artists and staff.
2: And I'm Pete Ferry, um, a co-creator, uh, as Jason mentioned. Um, Jason's the real talent behind the project. Uh, he's the art director. He puts together um, the, the beautiful fantasy world that, that you get to see on on social media that you'll hopefully get to see on your, on your gaming table someday. Um, I'm the guy who kind of annoys him all the time about we need to change this unit's health by one, or we need to change this unit's gold cost by one, like it's the most urgent thing in the world. Uh, but yeah i 'm the game designer uh behind it, uh, but we both have our our hand in uh pretty much everything that goes on with the game
0: mm-hmm. well it 's funny when you, when I was introduced to you all it 's you know the the energy and the vibe that you all gave me was like you know every great i mean look at Apple, you look at all these companies that had a creator like they were both creative minds, but one mm-hmm. was very left brain. And one was right side brain, you know, like mm-hmm. we had the mechanical and we had the artistic. And, and I, I see that in both of you, like you, and especially when talking about some of the stuff that you, that we've all talked about, not to be shady with the audience because they can't obviously see us, but you know, we've just talked about games. We've talked about different mechanics of your game specifically and, and what's going on. I mean, I have pictures here on my phone of like the, the different material so for the audience out there who may or may not be aware of Factions Battlegrounds, could you give a little bit of an intro to it for us?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, Factions Battlegrounds is a, uh, it's a, a tabletop uh, combat game where you utilize uh, different kinds of uh, fighting-based tactics where you're playing the role of a general commanding uh, an army of about 12 units, uh, and your opponent is as well. So it's a head-to-head kind of skirmish combat game. Uh, each card represents a unit, and uh, each unit has various different abilities. Uh, that some can cast spells. Uh, many can do different things on the battlefield. Uh, and your goal is to eliminate your opponent's units, mm-hmm. and you play to a certain score. You have to balance some resources that are on the board. Um, the, the way that we have the battlefield set up is that it's, it's built custom every time, which we can get into a little later. Um, but basically, it's a, it's a quick uh, skirmish game built, built in a fantasy world. Uh, that kind of pits your your str- strategies against your opponents.
0: Now, from because it's it's you know, kind of skirmish based, and again, this is where my mind naturally goes because as gamers, we you know we kind of have to plug and play where we can. I have felt that just from previewing your game, um, I have felt that you can actually plug and play it into like a role playing game, right? Like you could role play as the general that you are you know playing as in this game and that could base like if you go into combat as the general of the army of your unit you can you know use your system for combat and then go into a tabletop or a role-playing system for everything else like i feel like you could easily just from the way you said it you can have fun by either just keeping it a you know uh, a straight up uh skirmish type game or you can incorporate into other role-playing games like did you all intentionally do that or was it just like this is cool that it popped up like that because i feel like the way y'all did it like y'all were maybe a little sneaky and you snuck some of them in there man
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah here jay i'll 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 let you um kind of elaborate on that a lot more because i think you'd have a a lot to to say on that but i I will Mm kind of give you just a quick background on how the game kind of originated Please and that do. might kind of explain a little bit as to, to how it kind of ended up that way. We actually found a bunch of sketches that we did, that Jason did oh, in, in fifth grade mm-hmm. that were literally, I mean, it was, you know, we were heavily influenced by Magic the Gathering. That was our life
0: yes. Or yes. For about,
2: like, fifth <laughs> through high school, fifth grade through high school. And uh, <laughs> so we, we tried to make our own just version that had all oh, these true. fantasy mm-hmm. monsters and stuff like that. Um, and it, it was nonsensical, to be honest, because we found it as adults about about 25 years yeah. later. Jason kept everything because he's he's a little bit of a hoarder, which is great <laughs> but worked out in this case. Um, so we actually wanted to build a fantasy world. That's our okay. that's our end goal. Mm-hmm. That will include a lot of characters, a lot of backstory, a lot of lore, like your role playing, like a, your typical role playing game does. But the engine to do that. Uh, to bring that into our our world was through this card game. So we're actually starting off as a card game um, and hoping to build it into intellectual property, into a, an actual fantasy-based world, heavy with characters, heavy with different nations and storylines and all kinds Absolutely. of Absolutely.
0: You're creating your own mythos, essentially. Yeah. You're creating <laughs> your own world. Exactly. exactly. That, I mean, obviously, it'll have all the IP rights and everything like that because that... Uh, you know, that's what we do now in 2020 is like, yep. you know, it, it's almost like if you have a good idea, you, you you immediately try to, you know, solidify that idea. And that makes sense, though. That would make sense that it kind of it's exactly like you all said, because I played Magic as well. And uh, I have to say, I was either red, black. I'm just going to say I was <laughs> I was that I was Rat goes all the way, man. That's um, awesome. But, it you know, Magic the Gathering kind of did that through all of their cards and everything like that, you had like, I mean, probably except for maybe the alpha set or the beta set, it wasn't, they were just publishing cards, Mm -hmm. um, just to publish them. But now there's such a rich history that it's merged with other IPs throughout, you know, wizards of the coast.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So it's, it's pretty interesting that, um, I think that's actually what y'all are doing is a pretty sweet, um, pretty sweet way to approach it but something that's been kind you know you guys have said that you're you know your best friends so you've known each other for how long now
1: oh since since first grade so so okay. uh, yeah it's been
0: uh, a so long at least time like, a couple
1: decades yes absolutely
0: that's least, legit. Like, 20
1: 20 25 years
0: yeah, oh that's legit
2: trying to date ourselves um we're in our mid-30s so yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no no worries no worries no shame like it, it it's <laughs> it's pretty cool that you've had a friendship for that long and you've been able now, like another form of expression of your friendship is like Mm -hmm. going into business with one another. So like, you know, how long have you been like, let's say operating as a, as an entity, as like a business together? I'll let Pete take that one.
2: Yeah. I think we've been, well, (laughs) I kind of approached uh, Jason and a a couple of our other friends who same thing, you know, we've known them since first grade, essentially. With this kind of idea, and uh Jason was all for it because we we kind of found a a niche yep. um, with our game and and Jason I'll let you speak to this, but we also found kind of a, a big uh need in in within gaming culture, I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, that we were both we were both really excited about a, a direction we could take with our game and develop our world uh, kind of to fill that that void that that um, that Jason, I think will explain is in gaming. Uh, and so (laughs) we just kind of started off just kind of throwing together some ideas and kind of basing some stuff off of our fifth grade Mm -hmm. artwork. There's a lot of those Easter eggs in the game, uh, that, that they're based off of the fifth grade stuff. And then, uh, um, Jason took it to a different level with kind of building cultures within each of the factions Mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it took off and we realized the gaming community, is so awesome because unlike a lot of other industries where there's competition they want to see you succeed yeah and so the level of support that we got was just was just amazing because because gamers want to see new products and new games and and explore new worlds and so um it kind of just took off and now we're extremely dedicated to making it happen when you
0: all succeed we succeed because we get a new game
1: exactly Mm -hmm. exactly
0: no, absolutely.
1: And kind of going like what Peter is saying, because I ideally, like, okay, Peter approached me, you know, it's like four years ago now or three, you know, uh, three and a half years ago at this point about the idea of creating this game, we're like, oh yeah, be, be fun, the idea of two best friends doing this thing, like this once-in-a-lifetime type of thing, and at least we create a memory. Mm-hmm. But then as we kind of look at the gaming landscape, we're like, you know, well, we have the opportunity to be able to fill like a need and a void, like and that's currently in uh, the gaming industry. And so our our main focus then was to be able to incorporate. Uh, like a cultural representation that you normally don't see, so mm. just- cu- cultural representation but also like the mythology of those cultures uh so in and not only that, but then to have some of that represented in our artists and design staff, so like the top two hundred games eighty five percent of those games is all essentially like the uh, the people, the creative teams, are all eighty-five percent white males, and we're mm-hmm. like, you know, well, let's do something about that because the idea of being able to incorporate that representation in an authentic way, in in a way that really yeah. matters yeah. and it can be empowering, that was really one of the driving factors behind the idea of doing this game. And, and what people don't realize is there's such awesome, like, like creatures in the mythologies of other cultures. So whether it's like African, Polynesian, South American, I, was just say,
0: I had a discussion online about this. Because um, you know the online community, like I said, we're very supportive of one another. Um, mm-hmm. Even if we don't agree with one another, we're very supportive, and we still try to be as inclusive as possible. I, I, that's not everyone, obviously, but for the majority. And something I realize it's like, okay, there, you know, with certain companies, I won't name, I won't say the name of who, but there are certain companies that, um, you know, will will. Do a um a piece or a game based on another culture, but they don't necessarily. I don't think they do the proper research, mm-hmm. nor have the appropriate people who would right. know the culture, right? Yes. So my question has always been like, okay, you know, you do these, like my like as you know the audience knows, like my parents came from Cuba to the states, right? So like. I've, you know, yes, Cuba was in, if you know the history of it, like there aren't, there, there really weren't a lot of native Cubans because of the, of, you know, the Spaniards and pretty much the Indians Mm -hmm. wiping them out. Um, But I think to myself, there has to be some piece of mythology, right? That's there. Why, you know, people should explore that just like with like African mythology, right? There's got, there are stories and there are heroes and legends and villains and everything you'd find in mythology in African culture and not even, and, and what I don't like because as most people know, I'm a historian by trade. So mm-hmm. I, my undergraduate was in cultural historiography. So I can't just say, well, African culture and one big, it would be wrong of anyone to say that because yeah. yes. you'd have to go so granular to say one family might have a different interpretation they live in they might live in the same small town village whatever you want to call it but they may have a different interpretation of said god or hero or whatever because of perspectives and everything i mean that may or may not be it but we have to be open to it just like you know there are again there's just so many different cultures out there so what y'all are doing is fantastic because you, you know you're actually doing What other some of these big companies preach there or say that they're doing, but you really, yeah,
2: yeah. and you know that was soapbox,
0: but that's that's kind of my 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 I I see some of that, and I'm like, what?
2: (laughs) And that was that's what was really eye opening to to me as a as a white male who's been into gaming is you you don't realize the I guess the the hold that white or Eurocentric culture has on even even mythologies that are represented within our game. It's almost like a a hold on the human imagination that matriculates down to, to the tabletop gaming world. And so, you know, without kind of realizing that, and and then when you kind of learn about more of these and, and uh, I watched artists like just develop some of these different monsters that I haven't necessarily heard about before or that we've researched together and found would be a a nice fit for our game. It's really Mm -hmm. just, I think, an eye-opening and amazing opportunity mm-hmm. for people who like this style of mythological game in general to to yeah. kind of learn a little bit more about about the world <laughs> to, yeah for and, lack of certain, yeah
0: and and as you said i think also we have because you know we have to also understand that and and i th- and not only understand but we sh- we should try to be empathetic as human beings is that okay perhaps one person who wrote a mythology, right? In the beginning of, let's say they create a fantasy game or fantasy setting and they wrote a mythology. They weren't learned enough in order to add, you know, they just added what they learned because sure. that's really what it is. It's it's what they learned. It really takes a lot of time to go out and reach out to other people to learn more. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the, the people, one of the guys excuse me, who's become a great friend of mine, that's a part of the Bearded Nerd crew, you know, he has, I mean, he's Hawaiian. So he's bringing in his cultural um, background into any of the games that we develop together. Because there's a pan, you know, there's always a pantheon. There's There's got to be a pantheon. Um, when, and when, when, when referring to anyone, you have to think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's brilliant stories that unfortunately big companies i'm you know I hate to say it but big companies like you know like the disneys of the world really they you know it's only until now that they're doing and again in my opinion this is all my opinion this is not i'm not being paid or endorsed by anyone but it's like companies like disney like you look at them they've always had the damsel in distress right you No. Know, And it's, it's always having to do something versus like, actually me and my best mate, John, who shout out to him, he'll be on the podcast soon. We got an anime and manga, right? And and certain anime and manga, I don't know if you're familiar with anime or anything like that. If you watch it, but for the folks out there, Sword Art Online, I don't know if you, if, if Peter or Jason, if you guys have seen it, but there is a really brilliant female lead. Her name's Asuna. You don't see that often where she's a female lead who kicks ass and takes names, and she right. badass in the series. And it's not necessarily she; you would consider her like a, a secondary character technically because it's the story about one person, but really she her character is morphed to become equal. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's not yeah. just you know thankfully there are people out there who are incorporating that equality and incorporating that they're bridging those divides that were set there. Absolutely, so, and like absolutely. folks like you who are doing this too, like it's very much needed. You know what yeah, I mean?
2: It's really interesting. And you know, it's it's really interesting to me because Jason said something that was really extremely poignant to me early on in the, this process. He said, I wish there was a game like this when I was, a kid and i was thinking what do you mean there, well there's like magic we we're playing that all the time having a great time but um it really just kind of spoke to me a lot about some of that level those levels of rep- representation and different things even yeah. within G- that i 100%. again don't, don't realize 100 you know so i or, get
0: you i get yeah. you and and you know something that i think about too is what are we doing for the future generation mm-hmm. gamers right? Like, what are we doing to for that person, that little boy, girl, or whatever that says, Hey, there's someone like me out there. Right, Like I think about that. I think about like, okay, is there going to be like, you know, a, a kid who comes from my same background, you know, being Cuban and whatnot and thinking like, Oh, cool. Like this guy did something like, cause I grew up like, you know, I, I kind of had the same, a lot of the same circumstances that a lot of refugees and immigrants come from same textbook stuff, man, like, I mean, I'm the first one to go to college. My brother and I are the first to go to college in the family. I'm the first one to, to seek a ma- you know, to go to upper levels of Academy, um, mm-hmm. past that. So, you know, I love how you guys are doing that for the younger generation of gamers. Um, and, and one thing that I do want to ask that's kind of related to this, but, you know, you know, Jason, when you said that you wish you had a game like this growing up, like what games were you playing besides magic? Was it like any tabletop games or was it just strictly like card game strategic type games?
1: So I, I would, I would play, I would play other like car games too, but we actually, Peter and I both were super into like fantasy style games. So we'd play even like, Uh, Like Castlevania, we played this one game called Heroes of Might and Magic on the computer, too, as well. So we were still in that genre. Uh, But again, like going back to the idea, like, yeah, it'd be really cool to have a different type of representation because for the most part, all of that was medieval Europe in in regards to representation presentation and the idea of because we've had people approach us who are younger in high school, even my students because I'm, I'm a high school art teacher, who oh, really cool. like the idea of seeing themselves in the artwork and we have people who really enjoyed seeing the South American uh, aspects and also the Mexican aspects in regards to mythology being incorporated because they knew mm-hmm. that. They, exactly. they knew that from their families and so this is the first time they've seen this in a fantasy game and I think to me that stuff is
0: super important. I absolutely agree, man. I absolutely agree because you think about it and it's, it's, it's not that we, at least in my interpretation, it's not that I want a, I want to trash the medieval European, Western European. It's not Mm -hmm. that it's that I want the globe. I'm a selfish person when it comes to this, I want a game. And that's why, like, I think content creators like you and I, like us as a group, like we have to be the ones to instigate the, you know, I want to create a, um a world where it is inspired by pacific island culture and lore and that's you know from a dnd but also from a um just from a fantasy world building perspective it you know if you don't incorporate those other things like you're losing a lot of content you're losing a lot of value because there's so many more things Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. dude like imagine i mean hell imagine and don't get me wrong. Like I love the fantasy settings, but they can also be inspired by certain things. And that's Mm -hmm. the difference is like, and, and I don't know how y'all feel about this, but like for myself, from my background, I don't want to exclude anyone. I want to include worlds and cultures and mythologies that are from other areas of life. Cause one, I can learn from it, but two, how cool would it be to play, you know, like and again, from a d and d perspective, like a barbarian who comes from this type of you know background, yes. like how badass would that be, or like and, you know going back to you know kind of giving a shout out to Charles, uh my boy, like you know, imagine going into a rage but performing the haka like performing <laughs> yeah. that traditional yeah. war dance where you're going in and you're and guess what now you're going to cause intimidation because that's you know that is what it was meant for so those type of things i feel like as a gaming community we're so hungry for yeah.
2: yes and 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 just to be clear too we we do we do incorporate some of those traditional or i shouldn't say traditional but some of what you're used to as far as the european uh mythologies and that sort of thing too our our goal is that our game is is driven by um, some of the cultures you don't see as often and that sort of thing. And so there is that piece in there for the traditional, again, quote unquote, tabletop player who's used to, you know, the D&D Monster Manual style mm-hmm. monsters and the Tolkien yeah. lore also enjoy this game. And then we're bringing people from different backgrounds to the table together to have a like interest in gaming. And and suddenly that opens the bridge yeah. for just a lot more, um, you know, just betterment of of society in our opinion because people are are talking and relating Mm -hmm. over a common thing and 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 that's kind of our end goal ultimate end goal Mm -hmm. with this game anyway so
0: and i and i like how you bring that up because i don't i would say 95 percent of gamers enjoy the they enjoy the tolkien universe because that's what we had right and Mm -hmm. we had that I enjoy I'm a huge Tolkien fan that doesn't mean that you know I take what I want from it and go like that's pretty much what, what I do I yeah. like the Tolkien universe I take what I like from it and I run with it and change it the way it should be because that that that's or how I want it to be rather mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like you know that adage where people say like you learn the rules so that you can break them in the future like yes yeah that's how I feel world building is like, you should be able to say, yeah, I, I absolutely loved what, you know, Tolkien did with the Cimmerillion. Okay, cool. Well, take that and then apply it to your own world, apply mm-hmm. it and grow from there. Someone like Tolkien, who again, a person of his time would want someone to say, actually, yeah, I like this idea. George R. R. Martin, another, you know, Marcus yeah. Heights, any of the fantasy, you know, authors of, today and yesterday so to speak you know any and really any good content creator and fantasy genre person rick gordon all you know they want you to build upon the con like really good writers want you to build upon their content yes that's what it is and i feel like building upon content is also including all those other cultures and i mentioned rick gordon just because like he wrote i mean if you've seen the percy jackson if you've read the percy jackson series it's a good interpretation you know he took he did hundreds upon thousands of hours of research for all the not even greek mythology but like egyptian mythology and all like he was spot on i have to i give him credit for that like i know it sounds silly but i give that i give him credit for actually paying homage to the the culture and the mythology of that culture
1: absolutely
0: so with all, you know with that being said then you know you mentioned jason um that you were doing a lot of the world building aspect for the game and kind of creating those you know the the kind of the lore behind those factions could yes. you tell us a little bit about your process like how do you like when you sit down with and you and please name an example, mm-hmm. um, but like how do you you know go from start to finish with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, for example, one of the first factions we started with, which is one called Parada, and so that one has, you know, like your like your your traditional fancy creatures like like uh, elves, um, fauns, except for our version's a little bit different because that one's based in African mythology. Um, but then also, uh, you know, and centaurs and in tree folk. So then, what happened was when I met uh, when I approached the artist Brianna Cole about us kind of finding like the right type of research to to in the right themes and things like so we wanted to, you know, have people of color in that faction, but not just to have black people, but also to really work from, from a specific culture. So we chose Nigerian to kind of implement a lot of like the, um, the designs uh, for our mark making, but also even the design for their, their tribal mass. Because when we were doing the research, I told Brianna, I was like, oh, have you ever seen, you've seen a black elk. But have you ever seen a black elf wear an African mask? I said, just Google it. Just just Google it so you can find anything. She couldn't find anything, and I was like, well, then let's do that. So then let's let's pick this specific culture. So let's let's pick these elements from Nigeria. And there's a lot of there's a lot of like browns and tans and whites and things like that that we wanted to incorporate that would fit their their location because they live in the forest. This faction does, and to really be able to get uh, those elements incorporated into it, uh, and, and so that was really the driving force behind that. So both. I, obviously we did, did a lot of google research for both Brianna and i went to, to museums to take photographs and kind of work from that too as well and then compare notes for what we really actually want to incorporate in that faction that's where a lot of it comes from so even just we were saying you know let, let's let let's incorporate like decorative ivory and things like that too into some of their weapons which you normally wouldn't see uh for for an that faction that incorporates elves in traditional fantasy lore so that's really where a lot of that comes from being able to uh show and, and represent something that you know we don't see and celebrate it in that way because i love elves i love senators but then incorporate the kind of feel that we want to have with it
0: and i love i love that that you brought that up because i don't i never knew why people were so focused on the certain look of an elf right <laughs> or a dwarf or this or that you know I know a lot of people, again, you know, one of my favorite races, it's like, it goes dwarf and dragonborn. Like those are my top two. Okay. Yes. And why did people, you know, why are people stuck on the whole Scottish dwarf? Like, mm-hmm. right. Why? Why is that? Well, just because that's what we grew up with. So then people don't, you know, kind of go beyond that comfort, not to any of their fault, I've done it before because I just had to pull something out the hat. Mm-hmm. But I started thinking to myself, cause actually one of my players uh, he's Bulgarian and I was like, huh, how would, how cool would it be to actually have a group of dwarves that reflect that culture? Yeah. Um, so I actually, you know, learned, thank, thank goodness for YouTube to kind of learn, you know, certain Bulgarian words so that when they would make, when he would get in contact with a a merchant and he would say a curse word, it was in Bulgarian. And then, and the accent started. So again, now the player you're incorporating that per that players, you know, culture and things of that nature. But I, again, it's, it's like, why would you just use this blank sheet of paper when there's all these other colors out there, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't have to, and something I thought about, like you said, you know, having like an elf with that, that has the the Nigerian culture and customs along with it, Mm -hmm. you know, why not have that? I don't, you know, like, I'm glad y'all are doing that because from a business perspective, y'all are the first ones. And my, I think from what I've seen, Not correct me if I'm wrong. I know the audience will, and not in a bad way. I love them, but I know the audience will correct me. Like, there really hasn't been a group of people out there. I mean, heck, we know some of the big companies. I'm not going. We're not going to say who, but they're not even doing that. Mm
2: -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Got
0: to say something.
2: Yeah. You know, I think I think to to your point too. It there may be plenty of others, but again, and our goal and my goal as as kind of the the designer of the the actual kind of mechanics and that sort of thing in the game is so I have to make sure that I'm checking myself and making sure that Jason and his artists are the ones who are really pushing ahead that vision so that it is not only just representing different cultures and people of color and women and, and everything. It's actually led by designed by and influenced mm-hmm. by Mm-hmm. Uh, that as well so that's a that's a pretty important thing too that that i i again there may be another game out there that totally does that completely but that's um that's another thing is that our ours are kind of being guided by people of color. and many people who've never worked on a game before who've never yeah. drawn for a game done any illustrations or anything for a game before either so we're all kind of learning together the best way um i'm glad
0: i'm not the only one you yeah know, because <laughs> I like my, I have project Terracona, which again, that I think we've talked about it. It's basically my drag, my homebrew dragonborn world. Nice. And the way I thought about it is, you know, I would rather give people who are artists, right. Digital artists, let's say, who've never really been given a chance because in my life, I feel like I had to work for a lot of those chances and that's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with working hard, but it's really nice and comforting to say, Hey, here's, you know, let me give you your first opportunity. And that's really big. I feel like you all are doing that. You're giving people that, their, their, that big opportunity to say, Hey, why don't you come be a part of this group? Be a, be a part of this family that mm-hmm. we're producing these things. Um, I mean, you know, if you're working somewhere that you don't enjoy, obviously, like, you got to pay bills, but you should be a part and doing some, and you should be a part of something that does something or, or you know, or whatever it may be for the betterment of the next generation.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yep. Yeah,
0: 100%. So, you know, you know, we're talking about that. We're talking about, like, the different, like, cultural, um, cultural influences within the game. Now, could you tell me a little bit more about the mechanics of it, so to speak? So more of like the, okay, you know, if someone, let's say we, let's say like you and I are, are, you're going to, you're teaching me how to play. Like what, how does this game even function for the audience out there?
2: Sure. So (laughs) it's kind of funny because there there was a game, uh, a D&D based game. It was actually a Dungeons and Dragons miniatures skirmish game. That was, I think it was pretty short-lived. I was in high school. Yes, it was at the time yeah and it it was uh basically basically you put together you compiled an army if i'm thinking correctly of of units based on kind of point values and you had a point value limit and better units were worth certain amounts of points and
0: they tried to do the hero clicks thing
2: yeah exactly like that yeah very similar (laughs) to that and this game was awesome and, and i really loved it but it was extremely complex to play there was a lot of line of sight like it was supposed to be a quick a quick playing kind of Kind it was tack-
0: expensive you know. and confusing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> so that's one of the influences I should just kind of, I, I just kind of want to tie it back to, to this For game. Sure. So essentially what you do is each player uh, picks a faction. Each player plays the role of a general. Each faction comes with five, mm-hmm. what are called terrain tiles. Each of those mm-hmm. tiles com- comprises of four grids. Those grids are the movement spaces on a battlefield. What you then do is you you take turns building a battlefield, which is six by six grids. So one player places five tiles, one player places four tiles. So then essentially uh, you'll have a a six by six grid battlefield that changes every time because the terrain tiles are different every time because you can place it in in certain spots, uh, thus creating a different kind of battlefield. The units then move onto the battlefield. Um, They have different movement bonuses based on uh, the terrain, which you've placed for their home terrain. Uh, and they they fight in a combat style to attempt to eliminate or kill your opponent's units. Mm-hmm. Each gold cost of the opponent of your unit is also the point value. So if I play a, a unit that costs nine gold mm-hmm. and it's eliminated, my opponent gets nine points. So I can play a much more powerful unit on the board, gotcha. but if it gets eliminated, I, I could be out of luck because the the quick version of the game is played to twenty five points.
0: Okay. Um, So you, you, so your goal is to get to, let's say, you know, that point damage. Exactly. Exactly. Or rather Uh, to inflict X amount of points.
2: Right. Yeah. You want to, you, you score X amount of points There's a few other abilities that can gain you different points, but the, the main, the main focus is to, uh, to eliminate opponent units and that'll give you points based on their gold value. So it's kind of a risk reward, uh, type of situation. The combat is, is not random. Um, So it's basically what's, it's not dice based or anything. So it's basically kind of more tactical, kind of more movement based. Um, So you move into position and, and attack and, uh, and then there's spells you each have a a certain amount of mana and you have to kind of manage your resources and each, each card or each unit can do different use different spells and that sort of thing and different abilities as well. Okay. Um, It plays pretty quick. It plays about 30 to 45 minutes. And so,
0: Oh, that's uh, sweet.
2: Once you once you really know how to play, um, it it really goes from about thirty to forty five minutes to twenty to thirty five minutes, uh, just kind of oh. based on your your style of play, essentially.
0: Which um, honestly would be sweet because you can have that for any type of game night, right? Like I know a lot of people in the audience; they have a D anD D game and then they have a game night, so like they they have they alternate. So for a lot of folks out there. Um, who are also just listening to this for the first time, I highly recommend it. You know, you have a game night and you have your RPG night. You know, separate nights. You do, you know, and you get to explore different games. Yeah. And this game for you know, let's say let's you know twenty five to forty five minutes. That's great. That's you can get a couple of rounds in, and have some fun. But like I stated earlier, I want to. I, I would probably be the guy to <laughs> incorporate this type of this mechanic. As my combat mechanic when dealing like for the for the campaign right like taking the characters from your game, using them as the player characters, maybe for like a, you know, a, a one shot or a module whatever it may be, and using your style of combat for the actual combat. Like that would be pretty sweet.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that would be very cool. That's like And that
0: reduces combat time, man. Like it does. Yeah.
2: It certainly does. And that's another thing that's interesting about our game is I think it it throws people a lot when we talk about it as a card game. What it really is, is is it plays a lot more like a tabletop or miniatures game because Mm -hmm. there's no deck. There's also no turns. And I should explain like the 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 way that the combat works is basically each unit has a, a statistic called a rank score. Units okay. with higher rank get to activate and move first. Got so it. the goal was to kind of mimic, if you will, uh, a real-time battle essentially where the the, the this quicker-witted, more intelligent units are moving first and then the slower units are kind of lumbering. And then once every unit has activated, a whole new round begins and the quicker units get to act first again. And then the, uh, the uh, again, slower-witted units have to wait till the end of the round. Um, and then there's just a lot of strategy and abilities and things built on top of that. There's captains, which can command other units to go in their place. Um, there's, uh, there's just different times in which you can purchase units, which totally changes the rank cycle. So as soon as a new unit enters the board, uh, basically they can go right away if they have a high enough rank. Um, so it's, it's really kind of designed with the element of a real-time battle kind of a almost like a, a warcraft style battle if you remember the old warcraft yeah. game yes. yeah, it's yeah. going and you gotta you gotta you know try to buy new units at one place to run them out to go join the fight and then you got to watch your units fighting and um and so that's kind of the uh the Man, element. just
0: took me back
2: yeah. <laughs> and it's all about we we tried to design it so it's mostly about you win the game based on your choices on the battlefield, like a chess, for example. Where cool. if you make a if you make a foolish move or a bad move, you'll, you'll pay you. for it. Yeah, yeah, you won't have to you know play the odds. Or if you make a good move, you know you'll you'll be rewarded for it. Um, yeah. So that's uh that's I guess kind of the uh, the overview of the game. And we have a video um on YouTube that explains how to play it, and you can check out factionsbattlegrounds.com. Uh, that has all our rules listed and everything as well. Yes.
0: Sweet. Um, yeah. Now, um, and something I kind of want to ask, maybe both of you can answer this one, but how do you think, and I'm going to take a little bit of a turn. So with, you know, your game coming out and whatnot, and we spoke a little bit about how you are like the kind of, y'all gave us a little bit of the background, right? The The, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, so to speak. But you mentioned also that the the tabletop gaming community has been very accepting with everything going on right now, and especially during COVID and during everything, as you are all operating and continuing forward. How has the encouragement and the support been for you all during this time? Uh,
1: for for us, we we have a. Um, uh... Really strong relationships with um, the gaming community through facebook and, and Instagram mm-hmm. and I would say that they 've been so helpful in regards to giving us feedback uh, in reg- like the, for the rule book when, when we play test and, and just from the things that they see and, and I would say just that the fact that they 're willing to be able to take the time to be able to do those things when they don 't have to just because they want to help us succeed and that kind of goes back to Peter what Peter was saying It's extremely inviting and extremely like loving in regards to all the people we come across who have uh, like gaming pages yeah. and like, and yeah. you don't realize the amount of people you'd meet just even across the world, just through gaming, which for us has been tremendous. Cause like I was saying, like we're familiar with the fancy genre, but we're really new overall to tabletop gaming. And, and we didn't necessarily know it was this open and like this in that way.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's one of those things. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, cause of the magic, the gathering Mag. the magic community is pretty cool. It's pretty tight. <laughs> But there are some bad apples, just like in any group, there's, there's bad apples. But it's been very rare for me to find a bad apple in the tabletop gaming. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about really bad. I think, I, I, I think it's one of those instances where obviously it's not perfect because I have met a couple of Wang Rods, as they say, okay. um, in the community. But it's very few and far between. And it's almost to the point where I've seen a couple of people that said, well, you know, th- you know, the game, the-, the tabletop gaming industry has to be like this. And that's really not a jerkish move. It's just like, it's their opinion on it. Yeah. But no, I think you're, I think you're right. Like the tabletop gaming community is really one of the most welcoming of the bunch. Yes.
2: And I, I think too, one thing that was that, uh, that I've never noticed in a community before is they're very, self-aware it's kind of like when Mm. some of this some of these issues as a society really came to light and people were kind of doing their own evaluations the gaming community was like we could do a better job of this rather than kind of recoiling and and backpedaling and you know we had a several pretty big names that we were able to kind of interact with who said, Hey, we'll support you guys. We'll help you. That's awesome. We'll We'll do different things like that. So
0: that's awesome because you don't, you know, to have that support is gold. Like it's monumental. And I think that a lot of individuals in the, and, and again, there's always, there, there are corporate politics everywhere, you know, for the audience out there, you know, if you, you know, there doesn't matter what country it's from, or it's in corporate politics or corporate politics, it's just mm-hmm. it, is what it is. And navigating that is extremely hard. I'm not defending anyone. I'm just stating, from my own personal experience, there are certain things that you can and can't say because of fear of losing your job or losing whatever, you know, and I, I again, not I'm not justifying or condoning or condemning what I'm saying is that it's when you, when you have big names, like y'all have, that's a huge win. It's not just the fact that they endorsed it. It's the fact that they're saying, I'm willing to stake my name on this thing. Yes. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, I, from what I know about y'all and from, um, from what you're doing, like, damn i'm ready to play like (laughs) like and and, you know and actually going into that segue how would one so do y'all have a y'all have a kickstarter correct or y'all have one going on recently
2: Uh, not yet we're we're planning on going in the fall we okay that's what i thought yeah Mm -hmm. we're just we're cleaning up we have our everything set with core rules and everything like that we're we're basically just kind of cleaning up our components making sure everything's Uh, grammatically correct (laughs) ready to go of course um finishing up finalizing some artwork um and then we're gonna go you know hopefully in the fall to to kickstarter uh and get that get that game in into the hands of everybody who wants to play it (laughs) and we're really excited about it it too yeah
0: (laughs) for sure (laughs) and i think also like with kickstarter you have a really good means of you know what i love about kickstarter and i think why it works so well in the gaming community is because and I'd love to get y'all's opinion on this. I think it's because of the fact that we are so inclusive and we want you to succeed. We're going to do what we can monetarily to do that, to make you succeed. Because more games in the system means it, you know, more games for us to play. I yes. don't know what y'all think about that from your observation, but I'm pr- I, that's again, that's just my opinion.
1: No, I, I agree. The one thing Peter and I've talked about that when, when we uh, speak to gamers and also kind of when we interact with like the gaming pages that, that have supported us, you know, all the way throughout, just like just the variety of games that people play and the amount of games people have. And, and people want to have this awesome variety of games in wish to engage in. It's just because it's, it's the community that's behind it, too, as well, just like the mm-hmm, community yeah. that it builds. And so the way that you may interact with someone in a game that you know that we offer is different than like a party style game or also you know this um, a game that's a tabletop game that may take six hours of playthrough, and so just having that variety for people to be able to engage in different ways is just such an awesome thing and I totally agree that the community is totally behind that that variety that that's available
0: well and that's and you know, how you, when you mentioned that it's pretty interesting because from at least from the way I like to run my gaming tables is, um, again, in a perfect world, I'd, I'd be playing D and D every two weeks, and mm. the other two weeks I would be playing a different game, just rotating, yes. right? Sure. Because it exposes you to um, it exposes you to other games, and you get a time to as a dungeon master, you don't have to prep for it, right? Like hero yes. clicks really good game. Actually, if you think about it, it's point-based. You You get what you want. You pretty much set out a, a, a flat map and you're good to go. Right. Same thing with, uh, I, I don't know if this might be a flashback, but remember the pirates game, it was a little, it was a pack. It looked like a booster pack. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Was- it, I think wizards of the coast had it and it was the, it was plastic. You would build pirate ships from this little plastic like you would pop it off and all this stuff um let me see I, i'll send I, well the audience may not know um by the name of it it'll be kind of a guess a guessing game for them but i can share i, I remember
2: you. that i i yeah i don't yeah. think i ever played it but i saw it <laughs> around yeah.
0: yeah it was a, it was like a pirates trading card game essentially like it was you co- well in that sense you collected um essentially you collected different packs and like they had like, it was a constructible strategy game. It was a tape. It was by whiz kids. So it was like pirates of the Spanish main pirates of this. Like it was you basically the constructible part was you would build it from the pack. Like everything you had, you would build it right there. So, um, I mean, they had some at Gen Con. It, it, It was crazy. Like they, it was, it was huge because you could pretty much play a game in 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So games like that and games like what you're talking about to get, you know, to kind of come full circle, it's like the, the perfect game to get invested in. And especially like from a Kickstarter, I mean, no, no wonder people are, you know, invest in stuff like this because it adds to your repertoire. It adds to the game. Like, I think that's one of the, I think that is the untold secret or goal of every gamer is to have a gaming library like however big or small but it's to have a gaming library where you can say you know hey i'm you know i don't know like in in my in my as i can use myself as an example my buddy and i will play you know we have a playthrough that we we do he plays final fantasy or world of warcraft and we're kind of hanging out doing stuff and we've been like to play tabletop games together. Like there's, you know, yeah. that's kind of the perfect scenario where we can just go to our library and say, Oh, I want to play this game today and go from there. Yeah. And I think that's what Kickstarter does. It gives us the gamer, the consumer, right. The ability mm-hmm. to support what we want when it's not in game stores just yet.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's So not, not, not necessarily. Well, yeah. Surprising about, about the gaming industry. That's so different than a more competition based industry where it's like, we have the best one. This is the one you need. You don't need anything else. You need ours of whatever product it is. Uh, Yeah.
0: I would say that this is healthy competition. Yeah.
2: I agree with that. That's a good way to put it. This
0: is, you know, especially from my background, like I was in sales. I mean, I mean, I work for a pretty big corporation right now. Um, and I'm not just saying that I'm, I, I can't really talk about it just based upon the contracts I've signed. But for mm-hmm. me, it's like, you know, and my, and my wife's an educator, right? And, and I think about like, not only the positive effects on gaming, you know, for the, few, for the younger generation, mm-hmm. a lot, there is a lot. And, and you know, we'll probably talk to, talk about that later on. But, you know, from a business perspective, there's nothing wrong with healthy competition, yep. nothing wrong with it but healthy competition doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean being the only skyscraper, right? right? It doesn't mean being the tallest skyscraper and everyone else has to suffer. What it means is helping one another out and not being, you know, there's, you can shake hands and say, you know what? Good job. You deserve that. You deserve that success. Like Matt Colville, when he created kingdoms you know, uh, Uh, what what was it kingdoms and followers or no, I'm sorry. No uh, strongholds and followers, excuse me. Um, And he's now going to write his next book, kingdoms and warfare, excuse me. Um, People were congratulating him from other games, other companies, right. Saying, Hey, you know what? Congratulations for that. Or when a Kickstarter happens, like you notice in the community, I mean, you could tell on my Instagram, I'm sharing Kickstarters like no one's business because that huh. is, that's the type of thing. That's who we are. We, you know, right. everyone succeeds together. When everyone, when everything's going, you know, smoothly, everyone is going to be happy. Yes. And if one person in our community is suffering, I hope that we go and we storm them to make them feel better, to help them out. Yeah. And that's what I, and that's what I see. Um, actually, I really see that with your game. And I see that it's almost like a reflection, Right. You know, we are you know, we were talking about like the, and again, going back to what we were speaking about earlier of like, it's an integrated interdependent community.
2: Yeah. That's yes. a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like
0: we're independent where we can strive on our own, but your, your strengths benefit me and make me better and vice versa. Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty that's where that's why i'm saying i think the gaming community is one of those communities like if you truly love gaming and if you're a nerd at heart it's one of the best industries to get into i mean yeah yeah. from a financial perspective we spoke about it i've spoken about it before it's going to become a 14 billion dollar industry by 2024 and that's huge that is huge like, I mean, right now, a fifth of that or a seventh of that rather is owned by Games Workshop because, you know, they have Warhammer. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, y- you're, you are all in the business of skirmish type games. We yeah. all know that Warhammer, oh, yeah. it, that's they make their money from the fact that, um, you know, the new codexes are coming out. I mean, I think yeah. right now at the time of recording, the ninth edition is going to be published. Wow! Yeah. And they just finished an eighth edition book. So, of course, okay. if you want to play ninth edition, you're gonna buy all the codexes. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you know, of course, you're always gonna buy armies. Like. Oh yeah. They and you're gonna buy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. They
2: got you hooked. You're, and that's. That's what's great about it. I don't I do.
0: even play the game, and I'm hooked, and I buy minis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: that's where the quality, like, the minis are, are just unbelievable. Like, the, the the talent level that people have in in building and painting and, and sharing these minis nowadays, it's, it's amazing. It's artwork.
0: It, it is, is artwork. Yeah. Yes, it is. Like, this it's, is modern-day art. Not, like, not – you know, this is stuff that, yes, going to an art museum, there there's – beauty in it because there's beauty in Mm -hmm. all there's beauty in a lot of art in my opinion art can be extremely beautiful obviously like when it offends people that's where you're kind of crossing the border and because there could be some really offensive art that you know mm, might be tasteless that might be the word um and i don't and there's some artwork that i don't agree with but miniatures and the painting that's like i feel like something where like everyone in the community shakes their head and says yep that's really good (laughs) like you're making that thing come to life the amount of detail that you have to have dude i can't i i can't eat i'm learning how to paint and i'm like uh i'm just gonna use this color and hope that it (laughs) works (laughs) so yeah it's crazy it is
2: and I think too, and 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 Jason kind of really pointed it out to me about you know how how big of a a business and how big of an industry gaming is. There mm. there are still pockets where where there's not proper representation. Where yeah, for sure, there's still people who just for don't sure. think board gaming, tabletop gaming, is for mm-hmm. them. And and we're learning that that's just totally not the case. We want to be kind of a conduit. For a whole new kind of yes. population like with with Jason's high school kids, a lot of them and have played this is one of the first games they played, I think yeah um, and they and it's kind of like eye opening to realize this is an amazing hobby, like this is something that you can really get into, and it's welcoming and it's just it's just overall been just such an unbelievably positive experience uh, yeah I,
0: like- I I agree, and I think that there are i think that community that says, well, this is ours. We have, you know, I think it's a very small group of people. Yes. But I also have to be empathetic, right? And I have to be compassionate towards everyone. This is my personal viewpoint. And I understand if people don't agree, I have to be empathetic and compassionate to the person who says this is mine and it shouldn't be touched because perhaps in their life, all they had was this game and that's all they had. That's all they could claim because maybe they came from an abusive family, right? And we're talking about some harsh stuff. Maybe they came from an abusive family or whatever it may be. And the game, you know, this game or that game was the only thing they could cling on to to make them feel real and feel like a human being. So in that sense, that's, you know and I don't know what y'all think about this but I feel like, you know, it's our job to say, you know, I might not agree with that statement but let me show you why it's everyone's game. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes,
1: exactly. So we've actually had some interaction uh, with people on an Instagram page where they're just kind of like, I don't really don't get why, what you're doing or, or, or like why it's as necessary. And I think for us, it's important that we educate like someone in regards to why we have this mission and why we think this is important to us. Because when I was talking to someone just about like the, the diversity aspect of that, like, well, the gaming you know, industry is diverse. And I was like, you know, so for us, a huge part of it is like the cultural representation—an idea of having uh, females in position of power. Where it's uh, in regards to the designs, when the artist and I, I talk, so not just having you know like a breastplate that fits around them, but a traditional, like historic breastplate where it's totally functional. Yeah, and just these yeah. elements that people don't necessarily think about, but just kind of explain to people, okay, so this is why we're doing that, and this is why we think it's important. We feel like then people really kind of understand where we're coming from. And I totally agree with what you're saying—not to not to just like possible to the wind in in that regard to to help people understand which is the the key
0: yeah you hit the nail on the head man. it's it's not you're we're not taking away we're adding on to yeah exactly
1: exactly
0: and i don't don't think a lot of people realize that because there there are a lot of people who again being compassionate empathetic to them they feel like they're that something's being taken away from them which for me i'm not a i'm not a student I'm, I am not a psychologist by trade. I'm a historian, but because of that, I've noticed patterns of when someone feels like they're take, of like you're taking that away from them or something away from them, you become very defensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like that when someone tries to take a French fry from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get defensive over that because yeah. I'm a, I, I'm a man of food culture, and you know, like, it, that's just what it is. So, you know, with that being said, it's interesting because I'm going, you know, I've gone through your, I've been going through um, your Instagram and looking at the artwork, which by the way, that's some really good artwork. I have to thank you very much. Like, I don't know how long it takes you all to, to, you know, and again, kind of from a, you know, you're more than welcome to share it. I'd love to know how it takes you from like, okay, you said you have an, a point of inspiration, Mm -hmm. and how do you go from there like how do you create and actually i'm not going to be creepy but i am on may 22nd you on your instagram you have this really cool picture of um the the anubites and you have this like it they're dual wielding like a spear and it almost looks like a battle axe or something um yes it's awesome like how do you go from inspiration that little seed of inspiration to something this badass.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll kind of just talk about that part. So Peter wanted to incorporate like a new bites too as well. Mm-hmm. And then, so mm-hmm. when, when I was approaching the artist, just in regards to the design, I was like, you know, let's not do something that, that's uh, strictly Egyptian, which is what you typically see. I was yeah. saying just because in regards to the way Doomsand, their structure is set up, it's a little more uh, tailored towards like lawlessness and outlaws and things like that. And I was like, you know, yeah. let's let's have like this Mad Max style Incorporate it into it where it feels like it's a post apocalypse in regards to this faction, just where, where the overall feel is just much different, and to incorporate that type of element into it too, as well, where it's not just a stri- strictly like cultural feel like the other factions, but it, it's more of just like this completely different environment than what the other factions have. And that's where that design came from, where you have like this almost like this cult of people around who are worshiping him where mm-hmm. you still have a little bit of uh kind of like a an new feel but it's the aesthetic is completely different because we're incorporating like this mad max feel to it where it's like this desert wasteland
0: so you're taking from you're, you're almost putting you're putting your own spin um on traditional not well maybe not traditional but from historic mythology yes, yes. Mm-hmm. putting your own spin and I love that. Actually, it does look like something out of Mad Max. Like that, <laughs> yes. that looks like, honestly, it looks like a God that someone would worship in a Mad Max setting. Mm-hmm. And, and like and a, what, yeah. Oh,
2: and right. what we did, what Jay and I worked, Jason and I worked hard on doing as well as establishing not not only the cult, well, yeah, the culture and just like the feel of every faction before we dove even into the mechanics so that we had a clear understanding. The mechanics on that card will replicate what, what the artwork does and, and it'll replicate the culture. The whole Doom Sand faction, for example, is a lot like that. And you really can feel the differences, not only within just the mechanics and the strategy like you can with, with most every game with different factions, but you can feel the cultural differences and the different ideologies and the different yes. law and order structures behind So each it's a
0: track. holistic approach.
2: Yeah, that's our Mm -hmm. that's our uh, that's our how we try to approach every faction, Mm -hmm. and uh, and I think I got Jason's done just a phenomenal job of of guiding the artists into making that kind of come to life.
0: Well, that's sweet because you know having a holistic approach to your game to the point where the actual creatures and you know characters that you can play work well work so well together that it's reflective in the mechanics the artwork Mm. all that good stuff it's i again it's rare to say i'm not just saying this you know to say it because y'all are here it's actually really rare to find that
1: Mm -hmm. thank you like
0: i mean you you know to bring back no it's no problem like it's true i mean there are certain again i'm not sure you know we've talked about magic before you know the theros deck that was one deck that i you know, a lot of people right now, they're seeing the mythology or whatever of Theros like in the books. And I'm like, okay, it was a deck in like 2013 or, you know, it was a set in 2012, 13, 14, around that time. Um, I think it was really like 13, if I'm not mistaken. And it was about the Greek and Roman gods, quote unquote. I mean, you know, they did, they did what they could, but it was very, it was very, as, as my World of Warcraft friends would say, it's very vanilla. Sure. Like, it, it really didn't go into the, to, you know, it, it, ins- it was maybe perhaps inspired by it, yeah. but it did, the mechanics didn't seem reflective of it. It mm-hmm. almost seemed, and some games do this, some games, and I'm not picking on magic, um, I think it's, you know, it just is what it is. I think some games, games, what they do is that they take, you know, they keep their mechanics and then they overlay it with a culture, world, whatever that they want yeah. and call it, oh, it's in this setting. Right. Versus, right. you know, being true to your mechanics, but building a, me- uh, a mechanic set or system that can plug and play into, into any culture. So if you want to create... Um, you know, let's go specific, right? If you want to create a um, a gaming world or a module, you know, for the D and D folks out there, a module that's set in, you know, sh- you know, a Shogunite era within Japan, that or the Edo period, that you that if you are playing as an Edo period samurai, you would gain the benefits of that Edo period samurai.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Right, you know, versus yes. oh, now you're playing. You're you're. We're just gonna have this over-encompassing, you know, historic Japan, quote unquote, um, you know, setting, and it's just gonna be general and it's gonna be blah. Like that's not really fun, and you're right. honestly not. You're not taking the stuff that you should take because, right, you know, depending on the era of Japan that you're talking, and again, we're just using this as a, as an example. Mm -hmm. Samurai the samurai class was an extremely powerful class it isn't until the modernization of Japan when they adopted gunpowder that oh and and they outlawed um you know the use and the bearing of a katana it didn't mean that it wiped out the culture no now you're having a cultural war so how strong is that samurai I want a game that does that I want a game that shows that right and that's what I feel like we're missing we have a lot of that blanket versus what y'all are doing Y'all are incorporating that to the point where, like, if y'all were to ever create, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what y'all haven't created just yet. <laughs> um, no offense or anything to anyone in the audience, but heck, I mean, let's say you want to do a, like a Rome, right? You want to create a setting of Roman generals and, or even, even better, you know, let's go to the Pacific islands and let's go, cause everyone thinks, oh, it's New Zealand or Hawaii. No, there's other ones out there like mm-hmm. Tonga. Like there are, like there are the diff- There are other ones, and like the Tonga and the and and, and New Zealand have their own haka's. They have their own traditional war dances. Like it'd be cool to see how that mechanic, right? You know, inspires others and intimidates their foes. That'd be pretty dope. Yes,
2: absolutely.
0: Like yeah. ima- imagine playing a bard, like from a <laughs> D and perspective who's who is you know from samoa or a samoan type background yes. and yeah and when he when he you know performs his haka or her haka or, what, or the haka in general it's going to inspire the whole party before combat and it's going to intimidate the part the 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 enemy where they'll get a disadvantage on attacks like that's the type of mechanics that I think would do well. I don't know what y'all's opinion on that is, but based upon our conversation, that's how I feel y'all are going in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, can I
1: speak to that just for a little yeah, bit? Because Peter, of course, did the, the game mechanics, so he obviously knows all of that. But the cool thing about it, just in regards to my side on the art part too, is when Peter designed some of these mechanics to fit not only the terrain tiles that are created for the game, but also the, the different like strategies the factions have based upon mm-hmm. their terrain, also their mm-hmm. ideologies. So say for example, even in Parada, per- in which is that the faction that uses, they, well, they're from the forest. So Peter designed a faction where they're able to, so they use a lot of range, because of mm-hmm. course, obviously they can shoot from afar and use the, the trees to help them. But Peter cre- create a mechanic where a unit can uh, shoot uh, from range and then attack with a melee attack, which the other factions oh, cool. don't cool. do as much. And so uh, kind of going back to the Roman idea, Zion, which is a faction that plays really well together and can protect each other with um, a phalanx ability where they almost use shields to create like a wall. And so it's so awesome to be able then to take Peter's mechanics and to reflect that in the illustrations and also the ideologies Mm -hmm. uh, and cultures of those factions. But Pete, take it away with that
2: too. That's exactly kind of like our goal as a team in, in what we were doing. And the key is that, You don't want to be disingenuous all of a sudden to your own creation by all of a sudden just trying to totally balance for lack of a better word. And the game is really balanced by saying, okay, all these factions can do, not only do they have options for ranged attacks, they have options for spells, they have options for different kinds of melee attacks. You want to still be really true to the world that you make while still balancing those power levels of every different kind of ability and that sort of thing to make the game. Still very, very, very balanced, but also each faction sticking true to the to that to that culture and how they'd fight. Jason and I were we were even brainstorming about potentially, without giving too much away, a different type <laughs> of faction that's totally based on hunting and animals and following herd animals around. And no, it's, it's like, how th- you, I, th- I think, think back th- to the battlefield.
0: I think you should give it away, <laughs> and if we're recording or not, that's going to be a different question. <laughs> <laughs> so. Basically, just tell me after we. Were, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not I, what I mean, um, no. What? And you know, I was thinking about this while you were saying that. You what you're doing in the game, in my opinion, if anyone has ever had this experience, when you go to the game store, you're talking to your friends, your players, you're talking whatever, right? You're taking your break, you're having your snacks drinking your 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 mountain dew or your or your monsters whatever <laughs> um it would be your your poison of choice i don't care yeah um, yeah baby <laughs> that's right uh, monsters all the way for me man um, yeah that, I'm that's
2: on that, 100%. Uh,
0: <laughs> for some reason my players call them sips i don't know if your players do but it's uh, uh, no i've like, not heard that so apparently it's it like you were making, people <laughs> we were making fun of like 4chan so oh, a lot okay, of people yeah. on 4chan are like oh get your sips bro <laughs> and it's like a monster can. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, of course, that stuck. But, my, you know, imagine it the game store kind of environment where you're going, hey, Superman or Spider Man, who would win? Right? Yeah. I feel like your game captures that essence. Hey, based upon this or that, who would win? You know, because yeah. each culture mm-hmm. has a very beautiful and rich culture. Mm-hmm. But it, it's that, it's that game store, I feel, environment that says, hey, you know, based upon, and it's not about a superiority thing. No, it's just, Mm -hmm. hey, who would win? Like we, we love these two sides who would win though. And it's cool to see that because obviously like, it's going to be so dependent upon the player. Like you're going to play differently than I'm going to play. We might be playing the same army too. Like we, you and I might have identical armies, but we're going to play completely different. And it's the same thing. Like again, that whole comic book game store type thing, like who would win? Spider-Man or, or, or even like who would win? Goku or Superman? Like, yes. you know, that's how I feel like your game is like, just talking. and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it has that like, you know, big kind of big bold letters, like who do you think would win? Like mm-hmm. this faction or that faction? And I could see wh- where you could have the camaraderie over it. Right. Like maybe people are going to like this faction more because it represents this thing. Right.
1: No, that's so true. Because we have people who that's their favorite, whether it's regards to the artwork or also the play style. I mean, because we have people who really love that traditional feel like we have Crag, which is a faction of like orcs, trolls, goblins, things like that. Mm-hmm. And for them to kind of pit like these really big traditional like uh, like fantasy you know creatures compared to a faction that uses chaos magic or or plays more Mm -hmm. as a unit and i think it's really cool for them to be able to talk about that stuff you know with us and in regards to which one is their favorite which one they would choose for sure
2: and the great the great thing too that jay's done a great job since we and designing the game you know i've made countless and countless mistakes and that's why it's been great to have somebody who's been like no, we're not using a deck. We're not using that. Let's give the power to the players to settle that argument that you're talking Mm -hmm. about on the battlefield. Yes. Yes. That's why we always bring it back to the game is about your choices on the battlefield.
0: Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that they're not um, kind of deck building, right? I don't mind deck building. Obviously we've all played magic and on this conversation, but you know how tedious it gets yeah yes. you know how tedious it gets where when you buy and again I'm I, I I don't care as much as the fact that I'm insulted when I have to buy a new set of cards to play for this new set like sure. and I'm not trying to pick on magic or any games like that it's just frustrating for myself when I am really wanting to play the game but it's like oh 2020 is is you know we're six months into 2020 2021 sets going to drop and it's not going to be standard. And if it's a legendary or masters or mythic, whatever they, you know, Mm. they say for all the past stuff, well, there's limitations on that too. It's like, all right, come on now. Like, (laughs) so your approach to it is actually really something where I feel like you are gamers that are creating things, you know, for gamers by gamers.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And one thing, too, as Peter, I noticed, because like we spend so much time actually, like, working on the game, which, of course, takes a lot of time. But as we noticed, like, you have, a course, experience, like, once you're older and you have a career and stuff, you do have less time. Yes. So, for us, we wanted to make sure we value our our, our, our our players' time. And so, we wanted to get rid of things like being – mana screwed or or that you have like top decking like oh someone pulls a card like oh I lose because of that and not necessarily because of the strategy that it took to to get to that point
0: so for us we want to be
1: as clean as possible or if someone's going to put in 30 minutes into our game we want to make sure that it is very worth their time to be able to do so
0: yeah no that's that's dude I remember I used I I felt bad but I again I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh I collect I mean I'm oh I've all the stuff that I used to play, I still collect in some form or fashion. And it's like Exodia. That was the card in Yu-Gi-Oh that like you pulled and it's like instant win. Mm -hmm. Like based upon the old mechanics, at least. Obviously it's changed a lot, but it's one of those things that I, like I appreciate that as, as, as a, you know, as fellow gamers. Now with all that being said, what is the hardest part of creating this you know this game and almost kind of maintaining that sense of okay like this is what our goal is and this is what we're trying to do to maintain it
2: Mm. yeah that's that's a great question I think I think that well one of the hardest parts has been to be honest has been COVID because we haven't Mm -hmm. had a chance to get our game in front of a lot of people on a personal level um, in order to kind of really let them experience what it's like to uh, play the game and dive into see the see the different cultures i guess you could say on the battlefield and kind of get that kind of experience of as opposed to it just being a a strategy game it being like a game where you are in charge you're the general of a specific culture and you have to use these specific mechanics and methods to win but i think i think the the hardest thing is is as a designer and, and and jason who's designed a lot of the the elements too is when something kind of goes wrong or or making a mistake, not panicking and and challenging the integrity of your own game. It's kind mm-hmm. of if, if that may I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> so it's kind of like if I have a if I if I develop if we develop together something that's too powerful, um it's kind of thinking, you know, we need to make we need to balance this out by by Taking away certain mechanics or taking things away that yes. would that would again take away from the the overall kind of baseline of the faction, and so I think the challenge has been um, really balancing out the the very different mechanics uh, and and kind of constantly doing that tap dance of making sure that that everything is statistically solid enough that it comes down to the player choice because because like you said we really want to avoid it being um quote-unquote luck of the draw or mm-hmm. when i just play this and i win um and and that's a lot harder that's a lot harder said than done <laughs> is is for kind sure. of what, I'm,
1: what yes. i mean
2: yeah and i'd like but to add to that. that oh sorry pete i don't know why i said that but yeah oh <laughs> so yeah I mean, so... you're probably a different thought on it too jason
1: yeah so so for me as well i would say one of the hardest things uh that over the course of the years we've been working on is, is realizing it's not our game like it's the mm-hmm. game we're making for people to play and, and so part, part that goes along with that is we, we've actually we've designed it and redesigned it so many times and understand that we have to be able to break the design. We have to realize that things aren't sacred and we have to be willing to change it if it's not clear. So even if we do like something, that doesn't matter if it's not clear for the people who are going to play it and it's not enjoyable for the people who are going to play it. So understanding that we need to make as many tweaks and changes that's necessary. And if that means we have to, again, break it. So push it until we realize it's broken and then bring it back. So it's enjoyable for people. That's what it, that's what it takes. That's and so understanding that aspect of it too, You're the it, was, it was heavier girl. originally. And now, and now it's not nearly as heavy as it was two years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Cause that, and that's the first, y'all are the first ones to say that really like that, in my opinion, or from my memory rather, where I hear a lot of people say, well, this is the, you know, I design a game that I want to play. Mm-hmm. but you never people don't ever talk about yeah it's a game i want to play but it's a game that i'm making for others as well yeah yes like critical you have statement. to consider that
2: and we made mm-hmm. you know what we we've gone down that road you know a few times and had to pull ourselves back and and we finally have something that that most people our target audience again really enjoys and it took it it's not a straight line and any uh, yeah. require every, every designer in the world knows that, but yeah. it's, it's still not even, it's not even like a steady staircase. You can go up some stairs, <laughs> down some stairs around the backyard.
0: And, <laughs> yes. Well, you're never going to please any everyone.
2: Right. Like, that's that's just what it is. Yeah.
0: And you know, what you might do is you might make a lot of people happy, but you may not please everyone. Mm -hmm. and i'd rather make you know i'd I'd rather make a lot of people happy than please everyone and if you know if you can make yourself happy because you're creating something great and if the people that are enjoying playing the game you know it's kind of like being a dungeon master or a game master when your players are having fun you've done the right thing
1: yes exactly
0: yeah and and that's um and you know speaking about covid and whatnot so with COVID have y'all been able to play test as much as you want between, you know, even friends and family or has that kind of been put on a halt? Oh, go ahead and um, you know.
2: Yeah, we have we've been able to a little bit with friends and family, which is, which has been good. Um, my wife it's it's been it's been great because my wife is not a gamer at all whatsoever. And so she's been kind of almost an ideal target for this game to for watch sure. her on this game i mean she hasn't played anything other than like catchphrase or anything like that so yeah kind of watching how how she's learned and adapted to a lot of the game and and picking up how quickly she she's picked up the rule book and picked up different abilities and different things like that um has been helpful and then also i've had the opportunity to play with some people who played a lot more games and and also been able to do that and it's getting a little bit more and more but but we also have a a major social responsibility because our our target audience um is is sadly often some of the people who are most vulnerable to covid so in different areas so we we're really working on kind of balancing that it hasn't been nearly as much as we've liked but we have had the chance to to play with some
0: that's awesome
1: yeah and I didn't start playing until recently. Actually, I played with a couple people yesterday, a multiplayer game, which was super exciting for me to be able to try out the new design. Um, but just so kind of what I learned too, because we we worked for, again, for about two months, just kind of redesign the game based upon the feedback we've gotten. And it was interesting because near the end was like, oh, man, I'm really exhausted and kind of tired of this. And like, this isn't as fun as it once was. And I was thinking, yeah, it's because I'm not playing it with anyone. It's actually a game that's designed to be played. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just kind of reminding ourselves too, like this is, there. there's a really fun aspect of this. And it, it's nice to, you know, be able to do that. Hopefully more now, now that, you know, things are opening up a little bit more, we can find the best structures to play with people too.
0: Uh but well, just how's, kind of the, how's the gap stores in your community? Are they open right now or all the game stores and whatnot? Uh, in my community, yes. And
1: there's just a limited amount of people who can actually enter into the store, uh, but reasonable. they are still open.
2: Yeah, That's same reasonable. here. You have to, uh, there's, there's a few that aren't open for, um, you have to reserve a room and, and obviously, you know, wear a mask, which is great and everything. And then you have to kind of reserve your, your space, but they're opening a little bit more
0: and more. That's not a bad gig either. If you could reserve a space and you can play games there. I mean, it's not, you know, for the community out there, if you're needing, which again, I'm all about being prudent, but, and being responsible, but there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong, wrong with like trying to, you know, get some social life back into your life. Like we're humans are social creatures. Like, even if you're an introvert, you desire, like we are made and built to be sociable. Absolutely, And if it's yes. for an hour um, a, a week, and we right? were
2: we were lucky too. Like in our our old format, before, like Jason said, we we spent a lot of this time just switching up the template. We got a lot of good tests in beforehand, and so a lot of the, those results were like, if you if if you made this game easier to understand by switching things like switching where where different stats are on the card and stuff, um, that will be make make a world of difference. And so yeah. we. <laughs> we basically were like, oh man, it's going to be a lot of work, but we added the opportunity. We took advantage of the opportunity to actually do the boring, annoying stuff during COVID to, to make the game better.
0: So yeah. Taking, not taking the opportunities out of the, you know, it's kind it's, it's basically it's adapting and overcoming your situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one last, and one of the last questions I want to ask. So you know, we've talked about inspiration. We talked about kind of like, you know, the difference of, you know, in, you know, getting something from kind of like the internal of what you want and how you're taking it from your environment. What is one, what are one of the things that you as a, as you know, content creators, as artists, designers and all that stuff, what would you recommend for the audience members out there who are building their own homebrew world, Right. They're building their own world and they get stuck on something. They get stuck on, you know, maybe they need a burst of inspiration or maybe they, they're just flat out plain stuck.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: do you all do to kind of fight that um, roadblock, so to speak? Um, what would you tell others to do to fight that roadblock?
2: Jay, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go first yeah because I, I have something that was really again poignant to me that where this happened and it's it's talking again about just our kind of cultural diversity it's an it's an unbelievably rich world and you as a historian would know of of just mythologies of ideas of mm-hmm. the way cultures came to be there's something in there that you will that you will find that will that will maybe guide you in the right direction so if you're thinking explore explore a culture uh, explore a culture's history or mythology or something that you've never uh thought about before and there's gonna be something somewhere along that line that sparks you because i had that similar i had that exact issue with with kind of working on some different mechanics and things like that Mm -hmm. until i i actually kind of uh learned a little bit more about some of these different some different mythologies and one was from kind of the navajo uh, uh nation of people where. They basically have these different spirits that uh, that kind of like can change skins and do different things like that, and that helped me with uh, a mechanic and, and kind of a, a cultural area of representation that we didn't have in our game before. So it was <laughs> it was just like wow, like I, I can't believe this was here the whole time, right and right in front of me, and all I all I needed to do was Google and bounce it off Jay, and um, yeah. So I think that when you're stuck, believe in your believe in your overall project enough to be willing to push your own boundaries and explore things that, that you didn't consider before. Absolutely. And I
1: would say two things to that. And so like, uh, if people are stuck creatively, I would say one, go back to the reason why you chose to create something in the first Mm. place and kind of build upon that. And so kind of like the need you are filling. And then two, look to a different genre or a different media and find something that's done extremely well and, and break down why it's done well and use that for inspiration. Like for me personally, um I'm a really big fan of The Kingdom on Netflix. So that, that uh zombie show that's based in feudal Korea and it's done so well. And and so Taking, I mean, because obviously it's a show and, and we're uh, building this, uh, you know, a game, this IP right now, but looking at all the things they do well in regards to their research, the costume design, the writing, uh, and, and, ju- and just how sharp it, sharply it's done, and, and then using that as inspiration to draw back to the game. So I would definitely tell people what, whether it's music, um, a different genre or a different media, find something that can inspire you from that and then take it to what you're doing for sure.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that answer a lot because, you know, I think all of us as creators at some point in time, we hit a dry spot, Mm -hmm. We hit a spot where, and I don't care who you are, there's going to be a time where you're writing or creating something and you just hit a spot where you're like, dang, like I have no clue where to go. Yes. Yeah. Whether you're writing or even, you know, as an artist, or you know, whatever forum of creativity, there's that spot. Now, mm-hmm. with that being said, you know, I, I know we're about time, so I do want to kind of, you know, I want to ask, you know, a couple more questions. Where can people find you all and follow you? I know you have um, Instagram and YouTube and what, or you know, you have your social medias yes. rather, but where else can they find you besides Instagram? And and again. You know, feel free to plug in everywhere that you're at. Yeah. I like that. The kind of looks like laugh. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Why? Well,
2: so the number one thing, the number one way that uh, that people can follow us is Instagram. That's our our primary social media source right okay. now.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: we'd love. We need people to sign up for our email subscription if they're excited to hear more. If they're thinking about the Kickstarter, because that's going to be our our primary kind of engine of communication at that point and that they can do that at www.factionsbattlegrounds.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are getting on board game geek very, very soon. Uh, we're kind of just finishing up a few things to put, to put on there. And once that comes out, we'll, we'll kind of run that through Instagram and try to get people to follow as much as, as possible. You can email us literally anytime, anything. You can DM us on Instagram. Our email is factionsbattlegrounds at gmail.com Jason and I have made a point to community build and try our best to respond or chat with or support anyone who interacts with our game because we we think that people taking the time to support and uh, you know comment and and chat with us about our game is is probably the most valuable thing people can do because they're taking mm-hmm. their time to explore more about something that that we are creating from scratch and that 's kind of the ultimate compliment. Um, so through those through those avenues, we are on Facebook as well. We funnel a lot through Instagram for that though um, so those avenues, I would say uh, are the best ways and and please use those avenues to any listeners out there who have questions for yes. us
1: i 'll well,
0: I'll, I'll make sure to, to share anything. the handles and whatnot and actually, I just signed up to your newsletter right now because I realized that i wasn 't on the newsletter so <laughs> nice. I just signed up. Um, but no, um, that's, that's, you know, I love hearing and I love kind of seeing the, kind of the groundwork of, of this awesome work that y'all are doing and being a part of it. I really appreciate y'all for being on the show and really being, you know, talking about your project and talking about this game that you all have decided, you know, you know, derived and created from a fifth grade drawing. Mm. Like, it's really cool to see that. And it's awesome to see a friendship that has been going on for 25 years. Like that. that's really cool. And it's awesome to see how it's evolving. So I appreciate y'all, you know, coming on and sharing your story and talking about the game. Folks, like I said, please make sure to follow them on Instagram. That's going to be y'all's main way of getting there. But again, it's Factions Battlegrounds on Instagram. And it's going, and again, it's, you're gonna see some great artwork. You'll that'll be the kind of the biggest thing that'll it'll, it'll hit you with. Because um, again, I'm I'm like I know I'm supposed to be wrapping this thing up, but y'all got some good good ass artwork. I'm not gonna. Just lie. a, a note on really much. The, link, the link
2: in the Instagram to the YouTube page shows a, a quick video on a, a tutorial of the game. If people oh are that's
0: interested. dope. Okay, so yeah, so, yeah. so, de- de- so definitely, list. so definitely yeah. go to Factions Battlegrounds on Instagram because then it can lead you to that YouTube. It will definitely lead to Facebook, um, you know, because obviously Facebook owns Instagram, but yeah. it'll, it'll lead yeah. it some way. <laughs> and then um, go to your website, factionsbattlegrounds.com, sign up for the newsletter feel. And, and I'm, I'm going to probably say this and, and be comfortable saying this audience members, send them a DM, send them a message, Please throw, do. You know, whatever you, whatever question you may have, even if it's probably, hey, how's your day going? Y'all are going to answer it. I know <laughs> yes. you do. So Absolutely anyways, yeah. Jason, Peter, thank you so much for joining. Um, folks in the audience, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review. That really helps me build the community up a little bit and uh, more, but also know exactly what y'all want to listen to and hear. But for now, keep gaming, y'all. <laughs>